Hey, y'all. I'm Allison Asarch from Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, I'm Sean Fraser from the Ritzy Kids. Hunters, this is Johnny from Rail Motor. Hey, it's Shane from Blind Season. Hey, it's Rob Stanier, and you can check out my music on all the streaming platforms. Check out my latest music on all the streaming sites. Check out my debut album on all streaming platforms. Check out our new debut album. Check us out on Spotify and Apple Music. And you're listening to our friends, Braggy and Curly. My favorite brands from Australia. My two favorite podcasts is Braggy and Curly. Braggy and Curly. On the Unfiltered. Hey there everyone and welcome to episode 111 of the Unfiltered and Undiscovered podcast. We are at all points of our wonderful nation this morning, uh, this evening. We've got Braggy down there in Adelaide, we've got Rossi in Sydney and we've got our very special guest Josie who is joining us from Townsville. How are we all? (laughs) Great. Very well. Very, very good. Excellent. Excellent. Good to hear. Uh, Freezing here, but very good. Nice and warm up there in Townsville. Yeah, it's actually like the perfect weather this morning. I joined like a uni class this morning and they're all in Melbourne and she's sitting there in a beanie and jumper and I was putting a jumper on, but mind you, it was 23 degrees and I was like, I'm cold. (laughs) And she's like, I haven't even seen a day above 20 in the last like four months. And I was like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the last time it was 20. Yeah, it was a beautiful day here in Brisbane too, so just quietly. And what was the weather like in Sydney, Rossi? Uh, It was was just guitars today. Just cold steel and wood. (laughs) Okay, so the only bit of news I want to share is that the Stems have finally had some some of their old Citadel music uh, Put on a lovely fluorescent green record and it's also now available on streaming platforms and one of those classic songs from the stems tears me in two ways is now available online so i think that that's uh wow. the only little bit of news that we've got rossi anything down your neck of the woods look we've had a we've, we've had a, a an unfortunate spate of hotel closures in sydney this week we've lost um the lansdowne hotels closing oh really we lost yep the Broadway, the the Broadway, the Hollywood Hotel, I believe, is gone, and the Town and Country's gone. Wow, the Town man. and Country is most notable because Jupiter Five were the last band to play there before they shut their doors on Monday. Rossi, is the uh, Lansdowne is the Lansdowne where Nirvana played? No, that was the Phoenician Club, which is down the oh. road from there. Yeah, oh, the man. Lansdowne is a very, very famous, famous Sydney pub. Okay, and so we... it's gone. And she's gone. Uh, is there relevance with Jupiter Five? Were you the guys that forced the closure, or what's, what's <laughs> there, the had, there have been discussions? That accusation has been levelled at. Apparently, there were complaints <laughs> about the sound of the bass, and that was just uh, from the rest of the band. Yeah. <laughs> oh uh, yeah. And uh, um, yeah, that's fantastic, Josie. Welcome to the podcast. It's uh, it's going to be. A wonderful journey, I guess, for us because um, we've been listening to your new single. You've got a new single out. It's your first so single, glad. I believe, down here. And um, so let's yes. let's get the ball rolling. I'm going to pass to Braggy to ask the usual question that he asks every one of our guests. I just want to know where, where it all starts for you, JC. How, do, how does how does music come into your life? Yeah. Music was in my life from like day dot, seriously. Like I've been singing, writing songs ever since I was a tiny little tot. And like 
my nonny's here at the moment. She's from down south. And she has always told me this story that when I was a little kid, I'd tell her, Nonny, I really want to be on the stage when I'm older. I just want to be on the stage. And this is at like five or something. So I think like looking back at that and going, oh, wow, okay, well, look what I'm doing now. I think little five-year-old me would be so proud. Um, and, of course, Nonny is very proud. <laughs> but, yeah, so it really started at such a young age. And I originally wanted to go down like the pop genre. And I was like, yeah, I want to be a pop star. <laughs> and the songs I'd be writing were just like, a remake of Justin Bieber's Baby, and it would just say Baby at least 20,000 times. <laughs> and then I was like, actually, no, I think uh, my roots really lie in the country, <laughs> and I love country music. And then it was about, I think I was probably 10 when I was like, yeah, I think country's the vibe, and started trying to write country tunes. And I still remember the very first country song I wrote. It was a very cliche um, about a pickup truck, which I've since gone against in the, in case you've heard in case you haven't heard the lyrics of my songs yes we have uh yeah. digging on <laughs> anyone calling a ute a truck so that mm. was definitely me when i was 10. um and, so i've come around and so did the country come from well like we know uh that you have traveled with you i think with your dad yeah in the truck from because yeah. now now townsville's i was born and bred in townsville so i know townsville oh, pretty well and that's a freaking freaking long way to Perth yeah. or wherever you're going from there. So is that where the country seeped in, like on the radio oh, of the truck? Yeah, 100%. Like we were leaving Townsville, heading straight through Northern Territory, through into Western Australia to like Kununurra um, and Broome and stuff. And we would just be listening to like such a vast, you know, range of genres, but predominantly country. Like we listened to Alan Jackson, Garth Brooks, the Dixie Chicks. Nice. And really? I've been telling a few people this, that like the token song when we would do our truck trip that like had to come on a million times was If You're Going Through Hell by Rodney Atkins. That was just like, it was every time, multiple times a day. And you just knew like if you didn't hear that song, it was like, ah, oh, something's not right. We should probably play that song. So that was the token. Um, but country music definitely was fed to me in the truck and I just, I loved it. It was just the thing. So yeah. I couldn't imagine doing anything other than country, really. Did it help you to understand the country we live in by seeing it all by road? Oh, yeah. So and the size of yeah. it. Yeah, let me tell you, seeing Australia's landscape from the bunk of a Western star, can't beat it. Like, unmatchable. There's, it's seriously incredible. Like, I feel so grateful that I was given that childhood like yes. how many other kids that I go to school with that were like, yeah, I went out with my dad in the truck. No one. It was literally me. And I was like, yeah, we just we went to Darwin and, then, um, and pretty much my whole life up until I went to school, we were in the truck cruising around. But yeah, every holidays we'd be heading off and doing trips and come back and all the other kids would be like, yeah, I went to Fiji. And I was like, <laughs> I went to Catherine. <laughs> and they're like, where's that? You win, you win. You win, I reckon. Oh, yeah. I'm I, I think I win. Before I go to Fiji. <laughs> if you yeah. don't see your own country first, what's the point? Exactly. And yeah. that was the thing with those other kids, though, was like, oh, yeah, I've, I've been to Townsville and that's it. And I'm like, you're telling me you haven't even been to Charter Stowers? <laughs> they're <laughs> like, Charter Stowers? <laughs> <laughs> like people kids that i went to school with must have been so sheltered like they just had no idea and yeah i feel very grateful that i was given that experience growing up and i think it's definitely shaped a lot of you know mm. the rest of how i've lived out my life and just my love for country and country living and the landscape and australia like love it mm. do, you hear the sound of, do you hear the sound of a diesel in your songwriting sometimes i do 
yeah, I have a lot of a lot of trucking songs in the back pocket. Uh, between yep. you and me, the next song that's coming out is a trucking song about my dad. So right. yeah, it's it's definitely the flavor that we're going for. So it shines through. <laughs> One of the hardest jobs in the world, those blokes. I know what it's like for those guys to drive trucks. Man, that's hard work. Absolutely. Mm. And without yeah. trucks, Australia stops. So That's right. That's right. That's right. Doing the Lord's right. work. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but, but that, isn't that, that's great. And, and, and it's in, in, your, in your song as well. Um, that's, yeah. The, the, the link between uh, the home of you know, country music in like America and Australia mm. is, is that truck and thing because it's such a vast, you know, land yep. that they have as well. So that's yeah, it's so a very vast. clever song. Yeah. yeah. But the American truckers are soft compared to the Australian ones. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There ain't and no big freight trains. Is that from experience, Rossi, or what? Look, you look at the size of this country and how far these blokes have to drive and mm. what the conditions of the roads are compared to what the Americans have to deal with. Yeah. Australian guys, they're just hard as nails. Yeah, yeah. okay. So, they different. Yeah. Josie, um, from the time in the truck, and obviously there was some influences of um, some music there, have you found that grown and adapted as you've sort of um, matured through the your yeah. musical journey 100 percent. like i find even like i said we'd be listening to alan jackson and garth brooks and stuff but then i'll be at a gig and people will be like oh can you play some garth brooks and i'm like no <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even I, I can probably play one song yeah. and so it's definitely evolved like but country music itself has evolved so much we've got country metal we've got country pop we've got country just about bloody everything at the moment like it has changed so much and it is changing every week. Like there's something new and a different fusion mm. that's come out. So I think it's difficult to have not adapted. Obviously, like so many people are stuck in their ways of let's stay to this traditional country thing. But I'm all, I'm so here for the fusions of everything. Like bring it on. I love it. Mm. Yeah. We talked about this last week with our guest last week um, about how I can't see how anyone can say they don't like country because it's such a varied yeah. genre. Uh, yeah, there's country everyone. everything. That's right. Correct. Yeah, everyone. Mm. Yeah. So is, Tam, is Tamworth on your horizons? I've done Tamworth four times now yeah. and done the Academy in Tamworth as well. So yeah, I've done a fair chunk there. Um, yeah. I don't know about next year. I've been asked a few times, but it's it's a difficult you know thing to figure out. It's very expensive. And as an independent artist, going there and playing for a burger isn't always ideal because um, <laughs> you've got to pay your bills. So... <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll see if if I can get some stuff rolling and make it worthwhile. Definitely. But yeah, like mm-hmm. I said, being an independent artist and trying to fund everything else yourself, it gets very expensive. Yeah. Because you can't. You can't. You can't eat your exposure dollars. Unfortunately, not. And they won't. <laughs> they refuse to forward the exposure onto my landlord. Sometimes. So, <laughs> no, so that's shocking. <laughs> struggle. You're not the yeah. first one I've heard this story about. It's terrible business. Yep. Yeah. It's a struggle. So yeah, I wish really I wish she'd accept it. And it's not like she she seems to not want it. Yeah, and it's not like um, accommodations cheap in Tamworth every January, is it? It, No, no. Like we literally like get ready. My family stayed there for nine days. We like rented out, like privately rented out someone's house for the nine days. Spent four and a half grand. Wow, that's right. On the accommodation. Yeah. (laughs) 
So it's ridiculous. Mm. Well, I, I had an interest. I had an interesting story about a comedy a guy called Gary Moore, who was a famous blues guitarist. You ever heard of Gary Moore, guys? Maybe. Yes. Anyway, of course. He, no. he was in. He was in a band for a while. He was in a band called Thin Lizzy, who one of my personal favourites. And oh. there was a bust up in the band, and he left the band, and he stayed in America, and he came back home after a month. And hadn't realised that the hadn't thought about that the management of the band had been paying his rent. So when he came home, he was locked out because they just <laughs> changed the locks and refused to pay his rent. Yeah, he couldn't get his stuff. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So we've got, um, as I mentioned off air, um, Josie, we have our braggy who am I segment, and it's in three parts. And he always tries mm -hmm. to tailor the. For the genre of the guests that we have, so I'm presuming. Oh, oh, do I? I was getting nervous. <laughs> oh, so you don't? Yes, do I do. Or does yes, it? I do. I do. All right. Okay. So yeah, don't um, worry. I I know a bit about other things. I swear. Okay. Uh, yeah. I can't wait. I was born on the 26th of September 1948 in Cambridge, England. My father worked for MI5 on the Enigma Project at Bletchley Park and took Rudolf Hess into custody during World War II. Okay. <laughs> After, how's that for a start? <laughs> After the war, he became the headmaster of Cambridgeshire High School for Boys and was in this post mm. when I was born. My mother was born in Germany and had to come to the UK with her family in 1933 to escape the Nazi regime. My maternal grandfather was the Nobel Prize winning physicist Max Born, a friend of Albert Einstein. In early 1954, when I was five, my family emigrated to Australia, where my father accepted the role as a professor of German at the University of Melbourne. I attended Christchurch Grammar School in the Melbourne suburb of South Yarra with Daryl Braithwaite. At age 14, with three classmates, I formed a short-lived trio called Soul Four, which often performed at a coffee shop owned by my brother-in-law. That's part one. Any ideas, boys and girls? None whatsoever. Oh, nothing. Nothing. Good. Good. That's what it's supposed to be like. Okay. Mm. <laughs> okay, good, because I was, I was quietly over here, um, bricks <laughs> out the back. Um, okay. So, yeah. Well, that's all right. There's, there's no two idea. more segments. <laughs> okay. So, so, so it Josie, is good open. Yeah, it is. It's um, Braggy's just getting him out there to stump us all now. So that's uh, yeah. that's awesome. So, um, Josie, tell us a little bit about down here and where the song came from. Yeah, so down here, down it here. um it started when I was literally <laughs> it started down yeah, it here. Is. That's um, how we say it. When I was literally, <laughs> I was like cruising around listening to my Spotify playlist. You know, as you do, listening to like Fresh Country, which is you know, the it playlist mm. for any artist. Like that's where everything that's anything these days, it's in that playlist. So I was listening to it and I was like, all right, how can I like put myself in this space with these artists? How can I like, you know, be in this same vibe? Everyone is singing about Tennessee and Nashville and, you know, American stuff and, you know, give off these real raw vibes that I'm not just trying to mimic everyone else that's on those playlists. And that line, I can't sing about Tennessee was what got me. I was like, you know what? 
that is the song. I can't sing about yeah. Tennessee, but luckily I got to throw in the buzzword still, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, doing me a favour. <laughs> and I was like, this is great. So I literally like got Siri to um, do audio recording while I'm driving around and I just started like word dumping all of my, my ideas and then went and started trying to write it and I had like a couple of verses and chorus and then I went to Ben Penner, who you guys spoke to yes. not that long ago. Um, and I was like, I've got this song. I think it's got some really great potential, but like, let me know your thoughts. What can we like, you know, come up with? What can we flesh out? So we kind of sat there in like an hour and a half. We were just sitting there like coming up with all these other like comparisons and everything. And then we sat down and we just jammed it and we were like, yeah, this is really cool. I'm, I happen to be going into the studio uh, in two weeks. I think this is going to be a high contender. <laughs> and then it's like, yeah, yeah, I think it will be. Anyway, went into the studio with M Squared. Incredible. Um, mm. And out of the 10 songs that I showed them, that one was the one they were like, this is a no-brainer. Like, you're doing this one. And I was like, really? I wrote it two weeks ago. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, this is it. So we then rewrote most of it and it was reworked and got rid of a lot of stuff but still kept those, like, main themes that I wanted and just kind of reworked, like, some of the melody things and a lot of stuff that I wasn't, like, super confident with. I was like, yeah, this something can change and it'll spice it up a bit. So everything that we did there to change it, like, I'm very happy with the changes we made because it just turned out exactly how I had envisioned my my first session with those guys to happen. And, yeah, yeah it was so unreal seeing it come together. Definitely, like, the longest songwriting process I've ever gone through in my life. And I think I've gone through three different stages of the songwriter with three different people. Yeah. <laughs> so that was different, yeah. but like well worth all of the, but, all the effort. But the, the original idea came fast though. So yeah. well, usually the good ones come, come pretty quick. Would you say that, yeah. Rossi? I agree with that. But uh, you must have been absolutely blown away to get over 50,000 streams. Oh. Yeah, in four weeks. Insane. Wow. <laughs> that, that, I didn't really like... I didn't know what, yeah, I was like, how do I even gauge, like, what is a good amount? Being my debut, like, obviously, I've got nothing else out there mm. to, you know, compare it to. So I was like, how do, I don't even know what's good. But seeing 50,000 mm. on the song after four weeks and doing everything all myself, I was like, wow, okay. I feel like that's pretty good. Oh, I can be proud of that. Absolutely. <laughs> so, must, yeah. Must be looking forward to that $15 Spotify check. <laughs> I can't wait. Like, I'm going to go get a coffee as soon as that shit hits my bank. <laughs> Those bastards. Those bastards. Oh, but, no, but that is oh, so no. impressive. It really is. No, it is. It is. And, like, oh, you can leverage you. off that. It's extraordinary. Yeah. So yeah. let's um, let's share a snippet. And um, we're on a new platform tonight, ladies and gentlemen. So it, let's see that um, this all works.
really. <laughs> I can hardly afford to live here and I live at mum's yeah. house. <laughs> no. But then, yeah, I just decided I was like, oh, they do an online offering. Obviously, COVID was the whole thing at that time. So online was their normal anyway. So yeah. I was like, all right, well, yeah. may as well. Jumped onto it and, yeah. Because yeah. the Hoopers are actually from Melbourne, aren't they? Or down regional Victoria, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So Josie, you specialized in the in the yeah. study in songwriting. And I and I think when yeah. I go and listen to Down Under, I think it's a really clever song. And but a lot of people miss the cleverness in it on their initial listen. So for example, I played it for my wife and um and she said, Why is an Australian singing about Tennessee? And I said, Well, you need yeah. to listen to the lyrics, Sharon. So yeah. Um, but 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 I think yep. but I think Sharon, take a second. <laughs> but, but the interesting Curly's out in the doghouse. I know. Uh, Sharon, yep. Sharon doesn't listen to the podcast. We're all good. We so, love you, Sharon. Um, but, but even the the little subtlety when you the first chorus, you sing a, a little Hank on the radio, and then the second is a little Merle on the radio. Mm -hmm. And then the, the final one is a, a bit of chicks on the radio. And I just think that's really subtle and clever. So, um, yeah, I just. Yeah, there is so many little clever lines in there. And like it was, it started with the whole, like, how do I like say that living in Australia, like there's these country, you know, sayings and stuff that are way different. So, you know, the truck being mm. a four by four in their land, but being an 18 wheeler, which I've copped so much backlash over, may I add. Mm. Oh, really? <laughs> because, oh, we don't have teen wheelers here. <laughs> and I'm like, mate, I'm aware it's a generalisation and it's just a song. This isn't a truck anatomy class, all right? <laughs> so I've we have, my fair we share have road goals. trains. We have road trains. Yeah. It's called poetic yeah. license. Yeah. Yeah. And um, people have seriously, like, Short gotten hand. their knickers in a knot over it. And, like, oh, where did you get your truck knowledge from? Stories and movies. Meanwhile, I'm cruising around in my nappy in the truck, the road train with my dad. Like yeah, yeah, people exactly. yeah. will just have no idea and got nothing better to do with their life. And I'm like, well, whatever, <laughs> I know. So <laughs> my dad has a 70 wheeler and he's not cracking in a tanny because I didn't mention his wheels. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I thought I was being wheeler. smart, just getting at the- Wow. Yeah, 70 it, wheeler. See, <laughs> that just doesn't flow. I can't be like, it's a 70 wheeler, <laughs> cutting them loads. Like it, it doesn't work. I hear the alarm. Oh, okay. Hey. Okay, that's part two of Braggy's Hellmore. Previously, previously on Who Am I? Previously. <laughs> this person was quite... Here we go. I'm buckling in. I originally, I originally wanted to become a veterinarian, but then chose to focus on performance after doubting my ability to pass science exams. In 1964, in 1964 my acting talent was first recognised when I started my university's production of the Admiral Crichton, and I became... The Young Sons Drama Award Best Actor Runner-Up in Runner-Up. In 1965, I entered and won a talent contest on the television program Sing Sing Sing, hosted by 60s Australian icon Johnny O'Keefe. Johnny O'Keefe. Rossi will remember them. I was initially reluctant to use my prize, a trip to Great Britain, but travelled there nearly a year later after my mother encouraged me to broaden my horizons. In 1966, I recorded my first single, Till You Say You'll Be Mine in Britain for Decca Records. I spent the remainder of the 60s singing in nightclubs across Europe and recording backup vocals for various artists, most notably on Come In, You'll Get Pneumonia by the Easy Beats. I've never heard that one, Rossi. 
I released my first solo album in 71 and the title track written by Bob Dylan was my first international hit. My follow-up single went top 10 and I found myself making frequent appearances on Cliff Richard's weekly TV show. In 1974, I represented the United Kingdom in the Eurovision Song Contest with the song Long Live Love. Unfortunately, that was the same year ABBA broke with Waterloo. Yeah. Did, did this person want to become a veterinarian because they love children? Huh? <laughs> I, don't get that. I don't know. All right. Okay. I still have absolutely no idea. So you got any idea, Rossi? I got a little bit of an idea, I think. Okay, okay. cool. Josie, any idea? I feel like the children comment may have led me down the garden path somewhere, but yeah, I didn't get that either. I'm I'm not confident. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's actually from a Julie Brown song. Julie okay. Brown, mm, who? Okay. Yeah, Julie Brown. Curly? No. no, 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 no. She did. Poor she Curly. An album called Goddess, I, I'm Goddess not as well rounded as you guys. So, I, is, it's a comedy a, album. Is that a song that was um, sung by the Screaming Tribesmen, Rossi? I don't know. No, so. <laughs> no, no. Billy Brown did songs like <laughs> The Homecoming Queen's Got a Gun and Because I'm a Blonde. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You'll Two get it in the next one. You'll, get all right, it. You'll so, all get it. So, Josie. Uh, I hope so. So, <laughs> yeah. I think we all hope so, Josie. So, um, <laughs> so where you are now is probably a really good spot at the moment you've is there more music coming out or can you give our listeners and viewers a bit of an exclusive as to what to expect for song number two yeah absolutely so uh, we are very much underway planning for this next release um so when i was in the studio i was in the studio in february so it's been a while like since i was in the studio to releasing i feel like i was sitting on it forever and we did two songs while we were there so so that i knew i had something in my back pocket um so yeah, the next one's coming out a lot sooner than I think I think mm. than everyone else thinks as well. So um, all will be revealed soon. But I think I said earlier that it is going to be about my dad and about uh, our life lessons that he taught me growing up in the truck. It's a very special song. Um, it's a different. It's a bit more easy going than down here. But I think it really helps you know show all my different mm. you know aspects of an artist and you know all the different places I can go and. I think it's it's going to be a good follow-up to, yeah, show just how versatile I can be as an artist. Yeah. Um, but it's still, it's yeah, it's really special. And I can tell you that it was co-written with Golden Guitar winner Travis Collins. So, so really, Josh, do, really do, exciting. Yeah. Do you, do you think you'll go down the, the sort of the modern way now is just releasing one sort of song at a time and goes up onto Spotify or wherever? Or do you think you'll put... A bigger package of songs together and what does your music course what do they say is the right way to go these days good question yeah Maggie. they really haven't they really haven't touched on like release uh, they definitely have touched on release strategy i'm not gonna say they haven't but i think like at the moment it's very much like a singles market for people mm. like me and just attention spans these days. Mm. Like TikTok. TikTok is the biggest thing ever because everyone loves their little 10-second funniness and then they're like, oh, scroll on and give me more content. Like, mm. So I think, and I mean, with that being said, it's also like if I was to record an album, I would need to take out a mortgage. Yeah. Like <laughs> it would be yeah. incredibly expensive. Um, 
So I think the singles, I'm going to be on the singles train for a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Just to, you know, show people who I am, give them some content, give them some, give them my product and show them what I can do. And then hopefully I would love to release an album. Like that's going to be my, my latest. Yeah, well, hopefully someone, is it, I've definitely got enough songs for it. For that. Yeah. That's the aim. I'd, I'd like that. I'd like that. But, yeah. But I think in the current market, basically, if you've got more, <laughs> the current market, we've got too many songs out at once. You burn a couple of songs and they get a bit lost in the, in the, mm. in the, in the, in the stampede. Yeah. You've got yeah. to sort of really, yeah. really capitalize on a track at a time, you know? Yeah. So I think I can like repackage the stuff as like an EP after I've got five or six songs out. Yeah. Um, mm. yeah. Are you left handed? Maybe do an EP. <laughs> I feel like that's probably a bit more achievable. Right handed. Oh, the guitars flip it's the other mirrored. way. It's mirrored. Yeah. Mm, okay. Um, Josie, speaking about TikTok, your TikTok game is on point. And um, I thank I guess you. That's how I came to discover uh, you and your music. So, um, how have you found that particular social media platform? And any advice for? people who are wanting to use it yeah. because you seem to have a really good solid following there and and from that you've yeah. seen good um good uh, good uh, commentary and engagement on youtube and etc etc so mm -hmm. i'm seeing links between tiktok and youtube yep. and obviously what's happening with uh, your streaming songs so what sort of advice would mm -hmm. you provide to someone who knows they should be getting into tiktok um, but are quite scared. Yeah. Yeah, no, TikTok was seriously my game changer for this single. Like I, I've had it for ages and it originally was like my personal account where I just post like really dumb mm. shit and like <laughs> funny memes and mm. stuff and make ridiculous videos. Um, and I literally had it from back when it was musically. Mm. Like yeah. I, I don't know if you guys know that, but it used to be musically and I had it from then. So I, it's still that same account from way back then. Um, and I've always loved it. I've loved being out of just, I am one of those people that will sit there and scroll and I get my little 10 second laugh and then I scroll onto the next thing. Like, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um, so it was always just something that I knew, like, this is my platform. I love it. And coming into the single, like when I was in the studio, I was sitting there going, okay, I haven't even got the song finished yet, but I know like I need to start coming up with these ideas for like content because that is just how so many people in my zone are really blowing up at the mm. moment. And you know, artists like James Johnston, he's really, you know, made a big wave over there with his music. And I was like, okay, who can I watch? So I just started literally like stalking all these artists going, okay, what are they doing? What's getting the most engagement? And really it's like I spent, so with my content that I did post, I spent like 30 minutes one day with my sister. I did my hair, did my makeup, put some cool clothes on, went out in my backyard and we literally took like 15, 20 second snippets of the song in different parts and just recorded over and over walking or just standing there and doing little hand movements, like literally 30 minute block of doing that yeah. gave me 20 odd content That's videos. Great. And, yeah. you know, with a bit of some color, color grading and making it look a little bit fancy to catch the eye and starting it with like that hook that mm. really pulls everyone in that makes them, cause again, attention span, if they yeah. don't care about the first two seconds, they're gone, they're swiped. So that first two seconds, just write your next road trip banger, like, you know, or this is my debut single, have a listen, straight into the song. Like it's it's very much grabbing their attention straight away because that is like the retention rate. If that's not in the first three seconds that they've 
want to yeah. listen, then they're gone and mm-hmm. you've lost them. But thankfully, like all of my stuff, I've after researching and looking at all these other artists doing the same thing, you can see like a pattern of what the content is that people are engaging with. Mm-hmm. And like with mine, they literally blew up overnight. I gained 11,000 followers in two weeks, wow. which was ridiculous. And I didn't, I couldn't keep up. I was sitting there like every two seconds, I'd look at my phone and all the notifications are full again. And I was like, do people really do this all the time? I'm, I'm already sick of it. <laughs> like <laughs> I, t- I turned the notifications off. I was like, I, I can't deal with this. <laughs> but yeah. a lot of it was like, it's you got to really have thick skin if you're going to jump on TikTok and put your, uh, your yeah. life out there because seriously, the social is media is a hungry beast. It is. It's like, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But you got to do it. I see it in a good way that it really boosted the algorithm, all those comments, and then it showed the video to other people that loved it. So mm. it it worked well. Just had to deal with you know some of the crappy stuff that people were saying, but everyone yeah. gets it. It's it's just people that have nothing better to do with their life, like I said. And I'd like to see them give it a crack, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to let that go. That's that, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. For sure. So yeah. that's my TikTok tips, <laughs> if that yeah. helps. Rossi, I've if... seen Pocket Watch. Uh, the boys are having a good old crack at uh, for their <laughs> album, their EP launch, and they're on TikTok quite yeah. extensively as well, so... And Instagram and Facebook and like uh, in my in my ear twenty four hours a day, you know. But 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 like it is, it's a rapaciously hungry beast, right? And and for for young women, it's it can be even more brutal. You have to kind of yeah, realize so that it's Josie Josie the performer is not you. Yeah, it's like your character because I have to like dissociate. Yeah, 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 you must. Good point. Because people will say anything. Yeah, they do. It's yeah. it is crazy, and especially for yeah young women. Like, obviously not trying to be like sexist or anything, but we are so targeted, and everyone just thinks that they can say anything, yeah, and it's like, mm, yep, yeah. whatever. They don't. I'll get to them. It's fine. It's like, yeah, great. Mm. <laughs> True. So but, the um, first money you yeah. get, you'll hire a social media manager. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd yes. so. I do enjoy yeah. it. <laughs> but I, no, I have a lot of fun with careful. it. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, you do. You have to have thick skin, which I do. And I mean, growing up with Trucky as a dad, I have mm. very thick skin. So good um, I'm a bogan through and through. And yeah, <laughs> oh, I just, you'd I'd have, you'd take everything with grain of salt. You'd have some good comebacks, Josie. Oh, if your dad was a trucker, you bloody bet. Yeah. <laughs> I had to really, really hold my tongue in responding to these comments with like the most smart ass yeah. possible yeah. things ever. But uh, like, no, hold back, hold back. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because and, I, uh, I'm such a jokester and I will have a crack. <laughs> yeah. So Good. the alarm's just gone off All again. All right. So here we go. I'm, and Josie, I'm, I'm reckon, buckled in. I, I reckon there's a song out there called I'm a Bogan Through and Through. So There is. Yep. That'll be it's the next so, one. I'll tell you what, it's, it's really so good to hear a North Queensland accent on the show. <laughs> it's great. great. Yeah, great. And there, there is one. I can, I, I can tell it. Okay. I'm so glad. Uh, are, you re- are you ready? You're just lucky I can speak Queenslander. Yeah, lucky. It's so foreign. So foreign. Okay. okay. Hey. Yeah. Undeterred by my fourth place in Eurovision, and with the change in musical direction, I released a third album in the US and Canada, going for a more country-orientated audience. It worked with the first single reaching number five and number two on the pop and country charts, respectively, 
The second single, written by Jeff Barry and Peter Allen, became my signature song and also became my first US number one. However, in the United States, my success in country music sparked a debate among purists who took issue with a foreigner singing country-flavoured pop music being classed with native Nashville artists. In addition to a Grammy Award, I was also named the Country Music Association's Female Vocalist of the Year, a designation which made me the first British singer to have won the award. And the title also meant I defeated more established Nashville-based nominees like Loretta Lynn, Dolly Parton and Tanya Tucker. At this point, my career steadied for a few years until in 1978, I was cast in a starring role for what would become one of the world's most beloved musicals. The soundtrack spent 12 weeks at number one. Another musical followed in 1980. Then in 1981, with a more risque, rock-orientated look, I released my most successful album, the double platinum Physical. Physical. I've just finished this. Everyone kind of knows, but guess by now, hopefully. I'm only with that last one. <laughs> An Australian journalist once commented that following my career was like watching our slightly older and braver sister grow up in public. And, yeah. her most, and her most lasting legacy might be as the rare celebrity who was almost universally well-liked and thought of as an essentially kind and warm-hearted person. Truly an Australian music legend. My name is... It's Olivia, isn't it? Olivia. Olivia, Olivia Newton-John. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Hard for that's, Joseph that's she's exactly, much younger. Yeah, I'm a young chicken. Um, when you were, like, saying those years at the start, I was like... Holy shit! How how old is this person? <laughs> I was like, yeah. damn. Yeah, Ross. Nineteen forty-four. What was that? Rossi's the only one who remembers those dates. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh Braggy's on fire. Hey, Josie, is Nashville on the, on the horizon? Oh, I would love yeah. it to be. Like, obviously, the song I can't sing about Tennessee. I'd like to be able to. So you know, um, I yeah, it's it's definitely on the horizon. Horizon, I would love to make a plan and be like, all right, here we go. I'm going over there. I'm going to write some songs with some cool people. I'm going to play some shows. Um, but, yeah, I think it's just finding that path in there. But obviously also just being able to establish myself here first as mm. well. I think it's obviously a lot easier to crack the market in Australia. Yeah. You go over to Nashville and you're in a sea of millions that are trying to do the same thing as you. Yeah. And it's like, all right, so I think I'm in a good place here to be able to, yeah, get a good reach. But, um. Obviously, that doesn't stop me from furthering and heading out there and getting an even bigger reach. So, yeah, yeah we'll see what happens. But I would, I would love to. It is my dream to be over in Nashville. So, mm. one day, I think I'm most excited to go there to buy boots. Awesome. I've been with my family on a boot buying expedition in Nashville. I tell yeah. you, and it's <laughs> extraordinary, and and also in Texas. Mm. But so so most of your most of your live stuff is like you playing acoustic and you doing solo stuff. But I did see you, yeah, you know, like you had to cancel a band show as well. Yeah, so I was meant to have my debut Josie band show, um, opening for Brad Cox, yep, and Travis Collins and Sammy White. And because we had like some forecasted weather, which may I add didn't actually even happen, <laughs> um, <laughs> so we had to move the venue inside to a smaller venue. And Travis Collins dropped off the lineup, which really sucked. And then it was also, it was the day before, and they're like, yeah, you also have to play the show solo after I've been preparing for a band gig. Mm. And this was meant to be my big thing, you yeah. know. Yeah. I'd gotten all this merch and stuff. Like, I literally put so much preparation into it. And, 
was so excited to have this debut band show. I even had family come and surprise me from down south. Like oh. they flew here for it, for this big thing. And then it just turned out to be me solo. So that kind of like, it was bittersweet because it's led me to a whole bunch of other opportunities. Um, mm -hmm. But like, obviously it would have been incredible to have had that debut band show. And I had like videographers lined up and everything to, you know, just get a capture of my live show. Um, because yeah, I don't really have too much like live show of me doing anything original really to, you know, show to promoters or whatever. So I was really looking forward to that. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I said, it did lead into a lot of other opportunities that have come up for me, which I'm really excited about. We'll see how they pan out um, and some band shows from that mm. on the horizon. Let's hope the weather doesn't cancel those. But it's cheaper mm. for a girl with a guitar to play than it is to carry a band. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Much cheaper. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, but I'm very excited to eventually be able to play my my debut band show. So hopefully not too far away. Yeah. Okay, well, a couple, couple more out. songs, couple more songs like down here, JC, and then you you'll you'll be gone. Flying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that's the plan. Yeah, might even make it. Might even make it to Sydney one day. Well, I'm coming to Sydney in a few weeks, actually. So um, yeah? come and see Luke Combs. Very excited. Um. And I'm going into the studio with a friend there as well. And we're going to do like a little co-write and do up a demo. So I'm pretty excited for my Sydney trip. Mm. Oh, it's always lovely down here. <laughs> well, I've actually only ever been like I had a layover one day where I was there for like three hours and I had a friend who's in Sydney and she's like, I'll come pick you up and you can come see the opera house and then you can go back to the um, airport. And I was like, this sounds like the most stressful moment of my life, but I'm down. And literally, yeah, yeah left, the, left the airport. I'm like, I have no idea where the hell I am. This is terrifying. Coming from the Townsville <laughs> Airport, which is literally one room, to yeah, Sydney yeah, Airport. Yeah. And I'm like, how am I going to yeah. get back in here? This is yeah. ridiculous. And yet, got out and she's like, yeah, I'm parked in, you know, this level of that. And I'm like, what level? <laughs> we have one car park at the Townsville Airport, mate. And yeah, anyway. Did you have a passport? Did you have your passport uh, from Queensland? Uh, yeah, I know. I needed it. <laughs> But, yeah, so I literally I've been in Sydney for two hours, saw the Opera yeah. House, ate food at, like, Darling Harbour and left. So that's all but, I've seen of Sydney. So I'm excited yeah. to have, like, a few days there to actually, you know, see yeah. what, what Sydney it's, is. Oh, that's <laughs> great. It's not a bad place. It's um, There's some, the people there's can some very good like. country. There's some very good country country performers working in Sydney. There is. Oh, yeah. There's some great I need studios. You to send me through, I need you to send me through the venues that I need to check. Okay, I can have a look at that. Um, Jay-Z, just the final thing that we'll have a chat about. You've um, had your own health issues. You've got Crohn's autoimmune disease, is MS, and um, currently in remission. So how have you been able to get to where you are while going through obviously the challenges that um, any sort of a disease like that brings. Yeah, it's been a hard slog to say the least. And it was like, it's funny we we're talking about Tamworth because it was my second last Tamworth that I did where I was extremely sick and I was doing all these gigs and I was literally like skin and bone. I was so sick and I was doing gigs and I was like, I can't do this. Like I'm literally going to pass out. And but I had no idea what was wrong with me. So it was that Tamworth trip that led me to go do a GP appointment and be like, there's something wrong with me. And mm. then they're like, oh, yeah, maybe you're going to, organs are going to explode. And it was like, oh, okay. Oh, really? <laughs> Went to a different Thanks. doctor. 
And I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. I'll look out for jaundice. Um, anyway, yeah, so I went to another doctor and he's like, no, how about you go and see a gastroenterologist? I think this would be like your best option. Went and saw her within two weeks and she had me in and was diagnosed within like two days of wow. seeing her and going, hey, by the way, you have come. Like my last year, the hardest months of my life, really. Like sitting in that hospital room, everyone's wearing masks and it's like, oh, COVID. Uh. And it was a whole thing. And coming, her coming up to me going, yeah, you have Crohn's disease. And I was yeah. like, like, what is that? I literally have zero idea. Like never heard of it, just had zero clue. And I think that's kind of why I love to be such an open book about it though is because, you know, for a young little chicken like me that's hearing, oh, you've got Crohn's disease and I'd never heard of it before, just being able to like spread the word. It's a thing. This is what it is. You're not alone. There's actually so many people in Australia mm. that suffer from IBD. Mm. And yeah, it was just something that I felt so alone with. I was like, this is great. I've got this random mass disease that no one else has gotten. I'm all by myself. But then it's like, as soon as you start talking about it, everybody, oh, this uh, such and mm, such as brother mm, has Crohn's disease. Oh, yeah. they have colitis. Oh, yeah. there's this whole Facebook group full of people that are like suffering and sharing all of their, you know, rants and giving each other help. It's like, yeah. wow, okay. So it's a big community. You, US, <laughs> uh, US, it's crazy. US comedian Pete Davidson has Crohn's disease. Yeah. Yeah. He does, and yeah. he's, he's spoken about it and joked about it heaps, and I joke yeah. about it all the time. Like, That's I'm good. seriously such an open book. And, yeah, because if I don't laugh or cry, no, I'm kidding. I <laughs> Obviously, being in remission, it's great, um, yeah. and I really thank these. Like, I go to the hospital every eight weeks. I'm in there getting an infusion, yeah. which is the immune suppressant. Basically, it stops my entire immune system functioning mm. so that it doesn't keep attacking itself because that's what it's doing right. and i mean yeah being on this medication obviously makes me you know i don't have an immune system so i get sick really easy and then i don't get better very easy <laughs> so that's the the trade-off for feeling heaps better when i'm not sick you know mm. like i think it's a a worthy trade-off but i do have many moments where it's like wow i'm really going to be on this like drug for the rest of my life or what's the go but it's something where it's like yeah like stay on it if it's if you're well don't get off it like stay on it mm. it's doing you good mm. and just ride it out so mm. and yeah i'm very thankful that we have access to that i mean like if i was living in america i'd be having to fork out yeah, yeah. thousands yeah. to do this yeah and so grateful for like yeah just the hospital system here and the healthcare system i've seriously been like i've had really great treatment i've had some terrible experiences but like being able to get this treatment that's you know, made me so much better. Very grateful for that. But that's even a thing, really. Like medicine, mm. what the heck? That, great. So, yeah. And I've gone through a fair few different things. I've had to go on, like, you know, trials of steroids and stuff, which is insane. And, like, that would make me really sick as well. But they just put you on anything and everything. It's like, okay, how do we calm this down? And then we found that these infusions were the go-to. And it's like, oh, it's great. Go in every eight weeks, feel a bit shit for 48 hours and, Bob's your uncle. Off I go. I'm I'm cruising, mm -hmm. and yeah, like all my inflammation levels down, and just living the dream. I mean, it's great that I'm in remission while I'm releasing music because I can't imagine mm -hmm. doing this in a flare. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be horrendous. But yeah, yeah, so it's a whole thing. But I and this is in my next song that's coming out. I have a little line in there that says, "There's always someone else in a tougher place than mine," and that's yeah. been the biggest thing that really gets me through anything is yep. there is always someone in a tough place of mine and I'm very lucky to be how I am. So I always see it like that. I try to see the brighter side of things and just keep kicking. I'm not going to let it 
you know, beat me. The, the only person that can kick my ass as hard as I can is no one. I, I kick my ass. And I have a little tattoo here that says life takes guts. Yeah. So about my Crohn's disease because it really mm -hmm. does take guts and the disease is in my guts. So it's a play on words. I think it's good that you're putting it on the same platform as your music and, and you know, making people aware of it. This, yeah. That, yeah. I think it's really fantastic. Mm. Well done. And I've actually, like, in previous, like, I want to say a couple of years ago, I was putting up, like, these little polls and things of, did you know about this? Did you know mm. about that? And telling them about, like, my experience. And I had so many messages of people that I actually had known, like, known of through school that had responded to it and been like, you have IBD? Like, so do I. I had no idea. And all of a sudden you're making these connections of other people or people that are freshly diagnosed and they're like, mm. I've just been diagnosed with this. I felt so alone. Like, thank you for sharing this. And people that seriously appreciate, like, just that yeah. awareness and i was like okay this is great i've done my job that's what i that's what i want to do mm. you know share any tips and tricks like it's it's a great community with everyone when you can finally yeah. get in about mm. things is mm. the best excellent excellent josie it has been absolutely amazing speaking with you today there's part inspiration part joy with the music that you put out and um congratulations once again 50,000 streams I, I and um you've got an amazing tiktok following um as with all of our guests we've added your song to our playlist on awesome. Spotify, the unfiltered and undiscovered playlist um wherever you're listening or watching this episode please like leave a review um please subscribe we're on facebook youtube tiktok not very good on TikTok, but we are on there. We've also got a website, unfilteredandundiscovered.com. Don't forget, we have our playlist, as I've already mentioned, and words from the from the playlist, lyrics from the playlist this week come from our very good friend in Nashville, Alison Asarch, and it's a very simple one, and it's thank you, Tequila. Once again, Josie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast tonight. We will see everyone next week. Next week we have an episode that's wholly and solely focused on recording your music at home. It should be a cracker. We've got another gentleman from Townsville joining us from that, Rob Spanier, and um, should be a great show. So Excellent. once again, thanks, awesome. everyone. Thank you. And All those other girls acting like they own the world Dancing in the neon glow I'm normally kind of shy Never would have walked up to a guy I kind of want to get to know
Faz tempo que 